The Living Over Losing podcast is produced by the Podcast Panacea, the cure-all for your podcast. I knew I wanted a podcast, but I didn't know where to start. Podcast Panacea has helped me develop my show's concept, launch, record, edit, and produce my show. I wanted to create a body positivity podcast with a twist on my own unique brand. On my blog, Living Over Losing, I can share my thoughts, and this podcast, through Podcast Panacea, has helped me bring them to life with professional skill. If you are looking to start a podcast, I definitely recommend Podcast Panacea. To find out more, email thepodcastpanacea at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Shelby Schlangbergen, and this is Living Over Losing, unfiltered and unrestrained. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited today to have one of my really good friends, Courtney Kalahar, on. She is a dance teacher and owner of Powerhouse Dance in Sarasota, Florida. She's also a cycle star and a Lululemon ambassador. So she's really well known in the community. She's awesome, and I love her. I just want to welcome you, Courtney. Hi. Hi. So I'm super excited to have you on. I guess um, for people that don't know you, um, you know, because listeners could be from anywhere, just kind of want to get like a background of you and your story and how you ended up sure. where you are now with involved in all these things with Cycle Bar and owning your own studio and sure. these things that you wanted to do. Yeah, so it's kind of all just fell into place. Um, I was, I mean, I'll start by saying I have been dancing since I was three years old and it has been a huge part of my life. And I grew up with a very active mom and dad. Um, my dad would pick me up from school, we'd go to the gym, and I'd do homework there. So I've just always kind of been in that, like, healthy fitness, you know, kind of environment. So going through school, I danced. Um, I was on a competitive team. I did all kinds of dance, and then I would go and work out at the gym after dance, and it just kind of became my life and my love and passion um and then I danced in college and one of the things I always wanted to do was have my own dance studio um but I didn't want it to be just a normal competitive dance studio I really wanted the focus to be on you know being athletes because Mm -hmm. the dancers are athletes so that's like my main focus with them like the girls do yoga every week they condition every week on top of all their other classes. Um, so I just think it's really important. Yeah, definitely. That way. And then cycle, I guess you would call that personal training. Um, I love teaching cycle and that's like a newer kind of venture for me. And it's just a blast. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you're really, I know that some of the feedback from your classes is that you're like, like emotionally invested into your cycling classes, you know, like you're really motivating. Yeah. It's crazy because when I have had two eating disorders in my life. So mm-hmm. you name it, I've tried it as far as like fitness and exercise. I took my first cycling class, I would say like a little over two years ago. And the instructor that I had really changed my whole viewpoint on exercise in general. Um, okay. I always thought of exercise as being like a way to lose weight or, you know, something like that to help you lose weight. But it really is just a way to escape and a way to let go of everything you're dealing with in life. I want my riders to kind of let go of like anything that they're dealing with outside of those doors, like let it go. You know, it's not just there to burn calories. We're not just there to 
to work out. It's more than that. It's deeper. That actually brings me to one of my questions I was going to ask you. You mentioned that you had had kind of issues with exercise before. So how has exercise changed from then to now? Like, you know, for me, when I decided to kind of like get on this (laughs) recovery boat, I... I didn't want to give up exercise because I, it's something I actually enjoy. And I obviously it's very good for you, but I was abusing it. So I'm wondering like, how did you make the switch to in your mind from like calories to more for your mental health? With my recovery, like it takes time when you're in recovery and it, it doesn't happen overnight. To be honest, I think I still am recovering. I think you're always still recovering and growing mm-hmm. when you deal with something like that. Um, and I think it'll always be a part of my life in one way or another, which I think is a good thing because I'm always learning more about it. And over time, I just realized as I matured and and into an adult, I just started to view exercise as like my time for me because life happened and, and work and just busy, you know, I do so much. Mm -hmm. And so exercising just instead of becoming my number one focus every day and like that was what I woke up thinking about it's more of like oh I can't wait to get there like that's my time for me you know right right it kind of like goes from being a chore and like a punishment to being something that you look forward to right like it and I think it just kind of transitioned into that on its own because of you know, starting my business, coaching a high school team, like just everything that I do, it just became like, okay, I just need to do it because I need to like have a break for a minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, on, and then I just was like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not the workout I don't want to do. I don't want to be like just running on a treadmill. Like I want to cycle, mm-hmm. I want to do I want to have fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You find what you like. Cause I noticed that too for me. I'm like, <laughs> I used to run every single day and I'm like, I don't even like running. Like, so, but I love cycling. And yeah. So you, you figure out what you actually like and it's just mm-hmm. so much better. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel so fun and and a lot of people say they're they're like well you dance all the time like that should be your workout but it's really not like as a teacher I'm not yeah I'm on my feet I'm teaching but for me I gotta I gotta get a sweat going I you know it needs to be something that's outside of my comfort zone you know I'm comfortable like my work is in dance so I have to do something that's outside of that Definitely. So you, obviously you're a dance teacher. You've danced forever. Now you own a dance studio. So you work with dancers every day. Did you ever feel subconsciously being in dance might've like contributed to body image? A hundred percent. I think now I realize things that it triggered it now more so than when it actually happened. Like I think back now and I'm like, I remember, you know, dance teacher hitting my thigh, but back then it's like, you know, tighten it up, you know, mm-hmm. but being young, you're like, oh gosh, my legs, you know, or something crazy. I think just all kinds of things like that. You're constantly in front of a mirror. I mean, yeah, it's all you're doing, you're in tiny costumes, you know, you're, um, especially like with the dance team world and like college dance team. I mean, they literally look you up and down. They yeah. want a look. And if you don't have the look, you're gone. Positive on that is it has changed so much since I was in that phase of my life, which makes me so happy to know that it's changing and it's changing for the better, um, where that isn't the number one focus anymore is, is the looks and things like that. Especially like at my studio now, I don't allow, like I can pick up on such subtle little things with my kids because I've been through it. 
I don't allow them to say anything negative about themselves. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, how with with these girls? I mean, because it's almost inevitable that you have a bunch of young young preteen teenage girls that something will come up. So I was going to ask you actually about that, how you like kind of handle that. I think word choice is a big one. Mm -hmm. I think that words that you choose when you're teaching are very important. So for example, like when I'm teaching my juniors, I'm not going to say, suck it in, suck it in. Like that's not going to be effective. (laughs) That's maybe going to take their mind somewhere else. But if you say, you know, belly button to the spine, ribs closed, you know, nice and strong. Like that's giving them specifics and having them to understand their technique more so right. than like suck it in because <laughs> they could take it wrong, you know? Yeah. So I think word choice is a big one. And I know that I'm always like conscious of like my staff. I make sure that they like understand too, like they need to use the right words and terms. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Like, I really do because I know um, I used to professionally cheer, which is kind of intertwined with professional dancing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know because I've been out of the world for a while, but I hope that it's also going in the direction of change. But it was very, like, appearance-based as well. Um, I remember people could get benched. They had gained any weight or that's horrible. Like that's, it's almost become like normal though. Like it's almost become okay because it's the standard and that's just how it's been. So I hope that it is. Yeah. And I think it's going to take a long time to like completely change, but I'm, I'm glad that it's at least like becoming a topic now. It is. It's definitely a topic and it's definitely something that a lot of like it's for college, you know, is where I keep going back to, but like college coaches are starting to not let that be their number one. Um, and really focusing on the technique and other aspects that are much more important. But there are teams that still do that, and there are a lot of places that still do that. Um, And it's unfortunate because I think that there's a lot of more eating disorders because there's so many different kinds than than people realize. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people deal with it, a lot of people, and it needs to just... And, yeah, and I, well, I think a lot of people deal with it too that don't even know that they're dealing with it. Like they think oh, that they're yeah. just super healthy. To me personally, if you are judging your body, that's a disorder. Yeah. If you're picking yourself apart, that that's a disorder. And it's so hard not to do though because it's like yeah. everything there's no way that and that's the thing too is about like recovery. You don't just wake up. I love myself. Like I love my <laughs> I love my body every single day. It's not like that. You just change your mind shift to kind of like how to reframe your mind, how to not act on those thoughts. You know, I read tons of books that helped me and I did all kinds of things. Someone else can't help you. You have to help yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. So I guess if you were comfortable talking about this, is there a moment that you had that you were kind of like, okay, something needs to change? Like, this is not going to work. I can't do this forever. And I have dealt with two separate eating disorders. And a lot of times people do end up having two if they have one, like another one, but like at different times kind of happens. I've read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. A couple of times. When I had my second eating disorder, which was like totally separate and totally different time from my first there, it came to a point where it like medically, like if I wanted to have a pee bag attached to me for the rest of my life, that was what was going to matter. That's what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Your health was just like declining. Yeah. 
I, I remember just sitting on my couch and, and thinking to myself, okay, I, I need to stop right now. Like this has to end mm-hmm. because I'm going to have, you know, a few bigger issues. Yeah. I can't do the things I want with my life having that, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, well, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of how it, the whole entire thing is. You can't, cause you're so focused on exercising and you can't live eating that you can't do anything else. You can't live your life. <laughs> so it's really hard to like invest time into anything else. Yeah. I definitely get that. Would you say that since you've had all these experiences, like that's how you would separate yourself from other fitness professionals? Because I know like the fitness industry is kind of taking jump into not, yeah. you know, not so destructive as dances, but there are, you know, there's still like ev- literally everywhere I go, I'll be at Starbucks and I'll hear people being like, Oh, I'm on like the ketogenic 500 or whatever. Like there's always, there's so many of these like diets and quick fixes. And like, what, what is your take on all of that stuff? I have learned that everything has to be done in moderation, everything. And I've also learned that being healthy doesn't mean that you have six pack. Being healthy doesn't mean, you know, certain look about you. That's not what healthy is. Healthy is a mental state. Healthy is internal. And we can't help our genetics and the way that our bodies look. But we can be healthy in our own body. And that is what's important to me. And that's what I focus on, like with my writers, especially in cycle. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think, I think like the whole body love movement is, is one thing and it's great. But like I said before, you don't love yourself every single day. It's just not realistic, but you have to, like, you have to accept your body. Like you, everyone's going to have a different body. But I think sometimes people use that, you know, hashtag body love as an excuse to not exercise. I will say and not be yeah. a healthy human being, which is a whole different thing that I could go on to, you know? I know. Like I said, everything's in moderation and there needs to be a balance. So. Exactly. So I think that can go either either way, like either yeah. side of the yeah. of the spectrum, for sure. I think everyone should love their body no matter, no matter what. But yeah, I mean, taking care of yourself is definitely a priority. Yeah, and that's uh, it should be. being a healthy human and being able to live a long life so that you're able to do so many things in your life and experience so many things. Yeah, well, you have to because if you deprive yourself of the things that you like and, yeah. you know, if you, do, if you take out, like, every single thing that's sweet, eventually you're going to get to a point where you're just like, I yeah. need all of the chocolate in this room. <laughs> and, you know, instead of just having a little bit at a time or having it when you want it rather than depriving yourself of it. But it's really hard to do that. Like for me, it was really hard to not like allow myself to eat certain groups of foods or, you know, certain things for years. And then to just try to like bring them back was that gave me anxiety. Like it was scary because you don't know what's going to happen if I eat this piece of pizza. Like I haven't done that in so long. I don't even know. The less you think about it, the healthier you will be. Mm-hmm. I, I would wake up and I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to think about something else. That's so true. I love that. Yeah. The more you're living your life. (laughs) Yeah. And it's almost like how you created the bad habits of convincing yourself that you have to do these things. You have to eat these things. You can almost like retrain your brain to once you just start, like it's really scary, but once you just start making changes Mm -hmm. and you realize like, oh, this is okay. You can retrain your brain. Like I, I was scared that I would never be able to, but you can, you just have to like 
be willing to just do it, to try it. Obviously, there's days where literally nothing has changed and our bodies are the exact same, but we just wake up and we're, you know, for whatever reason, hormones, whatever, we're girls. <laughs> we wake up and we're like, oh no, like I'm not feeling myself today. That's hard because that definitely happens. And so have you found a way to kind of combat those days when you're feeling like that? When I'm having a, like a bad body image day? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if it's, like, the smartest thing to do or whatever, but, like, if I'm having a morning where I wake up and I'm like, ugh, I will drink a huge thing of water Mm -hmm. just to feel like I'm hydrated, I'm flushing, you know, just feeling good. And then I have these little books. I wish I had it on me right now that just – and they're on my coffee table, and they just have these really inspiring and, like, powerful messages and they're like, there's all kinds of different topics in it, but like, I'll just flip to a random page and I'll just read it. And then I'll just keep reading different things in the book. And the next thing I know, like those things, the bad thoughts that I had have kind of subsided because when you, I don't know what it is about these little sayings and these little, little quotes and poems, but it just makes you realize like what's really important. And it makes you realize like, why am I focusing on this? I love the fact that you're doing this podcast because I think having other people that are dealing, have dealt with similar things, it just makes you feel like it's going to be okay. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, actually that's so for me, like my biggest resource was podcasts. I listened to a podcast every day when I was taking out my dog about, you know, either like image, self-image or body or eating disorders, like whatever. And it just helped. It just helped so much. And it, it's not even because people tell you like, this is how you recover because that doesn't exist. It's just listening to other people talking about their stories and how they overcame them and how they really are like truly happy now and have other things in their lives. That was just like so hopeful for me. I can do this. <laughs> it's like, it's possible. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that's why I'm just like, I was so excited when you wanted me to be on the podcast because I want to be able to help more people, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I, want, I know I've helped a few because they've told me and I'm sure I've helped more that haven't said anything, but I, I just think it's wonderful that you've done all of this. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I do, but like, I mean, I love you in general, but like, <laughs> I think it's so great. So it definitely helps. And I mean, well, I don't know if you experienced this too, but I definitely did. Like in the beginning, I would feel like really good some days. And then some days I'd be like, Oh no, like this isn't getting any better. And so I also like want to stress that that's normal too. Like I'm sure you, Oh yeah. You know, it's not like you just like wake up. Those days will become like fewer and fewer and farther between. Right. Yeah. It goes, um, for sure. Yeah. But it's like, it's hard because it's not like you just wake up one day and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then it's like, it you're takes- going to ride that roller coaster for a while. <laughs> yeah. But it helped. I mean, that helped me too. Like just listening to people say that. Cause so I was like, okay, I'm not the only one. Like, cause you yeah. almost get into a point like people, oh, this is a blanket statement, but a lot of people that have eating disorder issues have like perfectionism issues and, and things like that. So you can almost like judge your recovery. Like you can be like, oh, well, I'm not doing it good. Like this isn't right. I'm not doing this right. And, and that's what I think a lot of girls need to realize. Like there's not a right or wrong way to recover, like be better. It's just the fact that you are doing it and that's what you have to be proud of. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just, that perfectionist mindset will start to dwindle as well. 
as you go through it because you'll just start to see like such positive changes that you'll be like, I don't need to be such a perfectionist. Like that, getting better without like being in so much control. It's like so freeing. Do what it needs to do. Yeah, it's so freeing to just be like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it really is. Um, I'm assuming through your recovery from you know then to now, like, did you find any other things that helped you like with your like with self-care like what do you do for your self-care so that could be like massages or whatever like nothing makes me happier than getting my nails done (laughs) okay and I'm like I love getting my nails done and I love like having a nice tan getting a facial or like whatever like doing things for myself makes me feel good no matter like what my body looks like you know what Mm -hmm. I mean yeah shoot I get my nails done every two weeks because I like yeah. to have pretty nails and you know I take care of my skin and you know focus on things that are gonna like be long term you know whiten your teeth floss yeah <laughs> it can be so simple too it could really be as simple as like taking a bath or like yeah, take bubble baths have a glass of wine and sit in the tub with bubbles I mean I do it like almost every night it's terrible I shouldn't <laughs> oh, it's great that's good <laughs> something else that like calms you relaxes you you know yeah and sometimes it can be hard too because I know like even for me sometimes now I'll be like well exercise like calms me down and that's true but there is like there's other things like Mm -hmm. that's not the only thing yeah it's it's kind of like discovering those other things and finding them yeah and things just like change when like my outlook on things have just changed like I used to hate getting my nails done because I hated sitting there for an hour because I was like I can't sit like could be walking like why am I sitting you know and now it's just like oh yes I'm getting my nails done and so and I do want to say like I I think because I have been you know I was with you like when you were coming with this like realization and we became like super close and I think that finding like a really true friend is eye-opening as well because I think sometimes when you have eating disorders you kind of distance yourself and like push away from people mm-hmm. because you're focused on, on yourself and on something else mm-hmm. and I think like we became like such good friends and we started doing all of these things and then the realization and the focus is like oh my gosh like I love spending time with this person like I want to be doing all these cool things instead of worrying about, you know, whatever it is that you're worrying about with your eating disorder. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. For sure. I I think that like, I think that we came into each other's lives at like such a good time for like different reasons. And I, you know, I think that I helped you a little bit realize Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Take a little credit for it. Yeah, well, because, um, like you said, when you are struggling, you tend to isolate yourself because, yeah. one, you're just kind of, like, in a bad state of mind and you're, yeah. you're, you're tired. Like, I was exhausted. And also, you are scared to do things because you can't control them. So, like, oh, hey, do you want to go to the bar? It's like, oh, no, I don't because I don't know how many calories is going to be in that drink. Like, you know what I mean? And then once you realize, I guess, and once you, like, start... you out of that... Yeah, you kind of realize, like, what are you actually giving up for this? Like, is it worth it to be isolated for a six-pack? Like, is that worth it? And you you realize that, hopefully, you realize that it's not. And, I mean, of course, I advocate for everyone to be healthy and, like, but, like you said before, just 
a six pack does not equal health. And I think that's like kind of misconstrued now with our society. Um, but I think that's also getting better too. So there's hope. (laughs) You know, I see the really negative social media stuff about that, but then I see so many amazing girls on social media that are like doing such amazing things to like lose people's spirits and to, you know, show them what real women's bodies look like. And I think it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And I too, that's something that was huge for me was kind of like reframing my social media and who I was following because really like there is like a whole healthy reframe of like fit like there's still girls that I follow on Instagram that are fitness but they're not fitness like this is what I'm eating this is what I'm doing and this is what I look like and this is how much I weigh and this is my body fat like they're more like yeah I'm I'm balanced and this is what I'm doing and I'm, I care about myself and I'm taking care of myself that's just so much more it's just it gives you more hope than Because if you're constantly looking at things that are making you upset or that are making you feel like you're not enough, then that's just not going to help a situation. So yeah, there is definitely like a whole community out there that I didn't even know existed before. That's really awesome. And the more that you like surround yourself with the positives and like the positive people and the positive images, it's, it just helps a lot too. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I guess we're getting toward the end, but I do want to ask you before we go, how anyone listening could keep in touch with you. What are, you know, how can people find you? And if you have anything going on, um, just to kind of talk about that. Yeah. Well, anybody is welcome to follow me on Instagram. It's court.lee with K. Court with K. Um, yeah, I'll link it in the notes. Yep. And then, like, just you can ask me whatever you want. Like, I will help you with anything. Like, I'm here as a. Nothing that anyone yeah. says could really surprise you, I think. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, a fellow, you know, I've been through it. I've been there. Like, mm-hmm. talk to me. Like, whatever. You want to talk about something not related? Like, I'm cool with that too. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like, having other people and being able to connect with them is, is so good. And, like one of the best things you can do. Yeah. yeah. And so where is it? Um, your dance studio is in Sarasota, Florida. Yeah, my dance studio is in Sarasota, Florida. Hit, hit us up if you're here um, or message me. Um, and then Instagram for the studio is powerhouse, SRQ or something like that. Uh, but I always tag it on my personal stuff. Um, and then Cycle Bar. I work at Cycle Bar, Sarasota UTC. If you want to like come and take, basically want to dance on a bike. Yeah, Courtney's classes are literally life changing. <laughs> like for real. Yeah, I definitely recommend that. Okay, awesome. So I will put all that on the show notes so that people can get your Instagram and get the studio's Instagram and everything. I just want to say thank you like so much for coming on. It's of course. No, thanks for asking me to come on. And I'm definitely gonna share this on my social media to maybe reach out to even more people. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, help more people. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's so good. It's always good talking to you, but I will see you soon. And thank you again. All right, no problem. Talk to you later. The Living Over Losing Podcast is produced by the Podcast Panacea, the cure-all for your podcast. I knew I wanted a podcast, but I didn't know where to start. Podcast Panacea has helped me develop my show's concept, launch, record, edit, and produce my show. I wanted to create a body positivity podcast with a twist on my own unique brand. On my blog, Living Over Losing, I can share my thoughts, and this podcast, through Podcast Panacea, has helped me bring them to life with professional skill. If you are looking to start a podcast, I definitely recommend Podcast Panacea. To find out more, email thepodcastpanacea at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.